or is it real? What's the difference? And now, did you see, actually, there was a, what game was it? I think it was uh, Castlevania. When Castlevania came out, they were incorporating Castlevania graphics on top of all the other ads in the Microsoft, in the What's New on Xbox section. So like, like as a you, theme? Not as even as, as a theme. You would go look at something like, I don't know, an ad for o- ODST. It would say, like, buy ODST now, right? Right. And over that ad, like Tyler Durden, uh, a picture of Alucard would, like, flicker in and then flicker out. Really? Yeah. And it was doing it along their entire... Everything that they were advertising, Alucard or, like, Soma, was, like, flickering in and flickering out over all of their... No, I did not see that. That's terrible. Right? It's like, how much more confusing could you make things? People must think they're losing their mind when they see this. Fight Club used that to show a man losing his mind and falling into schizophrenia. And Microsoft is using it to to actively advertise to people. So what does that say about the people who they're advertising to? Why would... Man, no, I didn't see that. That's terrible. That really... It's a clusterfuck. That bothers me because that's even... God... Yeah, the XMB is is more like an interface. It's more like a shell yeah. on top of some sort of system. Sure. And the NXE, I guess is what they're still calling it, the new Xbox experience. Yeah. Uh, or the Xbox experience, I guess it would be now, is like a... It's like a pop-up site. Like a, It's like pop-up ads. <laughs> it's just like... It just has that like mentality of like... Yeah. Here, 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 you know. Yeah, it's uh, it, it requires. Uh, arguably, it requires more knowledge about video about things to navigate than the XMB. Yeah. And originally, yeah. the XMB was sort of. It's making a lot of assumptions on your knowledge knowledge like, base. base. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Of how to nav like. And originally, the XMB was viewed as the one that was more hardcore. It was like, oh, you have to know what things are to navigate through this. It's not really how things are anymore. In the strictest terms, memory is not what houses the data. Of your mm-hmm. system, mm-hmm. you know, it should say like hard disks, sure, yeah, or yeah. hard drives. Yeah, yeah, I understand most people are just like it's the computer's memory, <laughs> right? But the fact that Microsoft is just like that company, sure, is just like it makes that more offensive, I guess. Yeah. I guess it just bothers me in some weird way. There's a lot that bothers me. Like it's me. purposeful disinformation. Yeah, that's what, uh, yeah. That's what bothers me. About I understand it. that. I don't like the themes either. Let's keep <laughs> talking about this. I, it's just fucking frustrating. You have the bullet wish theme, but personally, I can't find. I did a that theme. out of pity. Yeah, it no, like, it looks no. like gro- it looks like garbage. It's like throw Kavia bone. <laughs> yeah, you know that they probably got that last order they for really that. They really need it because they don't they don't exist anymore. Right. That was that was probably the last purchase they got before they went out of business. <laughs> yeah, and it was 80, someone in America. It, in Phoenix, was a dollar, it, was a, it wasn't even a dollar. It was fifty points. Oh wow! It wasn't even a that's full funny. eighty points. Wasn't a dollar. Yeah, that's yeah. I felt bad, and it looks terrible, but I'll never change it now. I might, might, 
I might as well leave it up there. The circus that that experience is. Just put Bullet Witch up there. But I feel like between the two interfaces, Sony's is is obviously the more aesthetically pleasing, but it's also the more. I can't think of the word. I want to say esoteric, but I'm. It's that's not appropriate. It's uh. It's less. It's the more abstract. Intuitive. Yeah, maybe more abstract. It is more abstract. Especially with the PlayStation Store. I guess the redundancy oh, of the navigation is, is what's sure. gets in the way, right? But then, I don't know. I guess I guess if I thought about it, the Xbox interface is just as difficult to traverse. For all the time and effort, these large companies whose uh, main whose profits come in mainly from video games spend on their image and everything, you think that they would focus more time on this aspect of their system and like right. funneling people towards. Uh, products in a way that makes sense. Because I understand Microsoft's... Your argument could be that Microsoft is trying too hard to funnel people towards things that mm -hmm. you could buy, but... I think they... I there's think a difference in doing things uh, the easy way or the hard way yeah. versus the right way and the wrong way. They're definitely pushing, but they're not necessarily doing it intelligently. I think the problem... Before we get into like actual talk about real games... I think the problem has is that... The where the industry was in 2005 and six is a, is radically different than where it is now, and so like the corporate strategy of changing the entire way the system looks and behaves is dangerous mm. because a lot of people out there would just be like, I didn't even know how the last one worked, and now this one's entirely new, and I don't know what's going mm -hmm. on now. So now that's just sort of this, it's become this Frankenstein thing where they're just like, add more sections, <laughs> right? <laughs> yeah, that could be it. And like it's very add, possible, you know. Whereas instead of treating it more like an operating system, which is more like what the XMB is, I guess. What if they just offer two gateways, like two ways to browse it? Yeah, like in the same way that you know you you set up your Xbox oh. profile to have like underground or gamer. You're talking about it would almost be like uh like I think it's like Windows XP and onward was like you can switch to classic sure, yeah, yeah, yeah. and or switch to. Not classic view. I forget what right, 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 right. Yeah, I can see that. Because now they have that stupid destination arcade thing, which I thought was really cool. But then yeah. when I found out that it wasn't a replacement, it was an alternative. Yeah. I was like, that's the dumbest thing I've ever heard. And of. actually, it doesn't work after that week. It, it's it's not even around anymore. Like you can't access it. Oh, it was just that. Yeah. God. They changed it. They God. changed, they changed Damn it. it. They changed it once before they once before they released it and after they announced it. They changed it. They changed their mind. Originally, it was going to be a replacement, and then it was. Well, this is a replacement temporarily. And Kinda now like it's a not even anything. It's back to the way it was. Yeah. How stupid! It's just a. It was just a temporary way to access that information. How like stupid. a portal, temporary portal. God. They have no idea what they're I, doing. It's very obviously. <laughs> So, you want to talk about Alan Wake? Or do you want yeah, me to go I first? Yeah, I beat Alan Wake, and it was a really good game. And the end game was way better than the rest of the game, I think, in terms of in terms of atmosphere, and in terms of presentation, and in terms of everything. Jump at the, like, the very last chapter. Last, last few part. stages, I just yeah. got a lot more out of um, the really abstract terror of running through the forest and having a... a boat fly down and land. Yeah. 
yeah. on you. Uh, you know, just the more... I don't know. It's, yeah, once it, you leave the police station with the sheriff, it's kind of like from there to the end is where it gets really it really good. Picks up, yeah. Yeah, I dug it. I dug it. And then it's it, you know, it it it's it does things that only a video game can do. Like that, or it does things that a video game does best. You know, it tells the story the best way a video game can. Yeah. As opposed to like mimicking cinema, it does ridiculous things that are mm-hmm. otherwise impossible or too expensive or would seem ridiculous in, in any other, like fighting a tornado. Yeah. Like, I mean, if you remove that from video games and put it in a movie, people would think it was stupid, and I don't know, if you showed it to someone who didn't understand video games, they would say, what the fuck is he fighting a tornado? Yeah. How do you explain this? Why does he need to fight anything? Like, right. Well, there has to be some sort of boss at the end you don't understand, and this and this and this. So, I mean, uh, the more the game... So, I guess the best way to put it is, as the game got uh, closer to the end, it became more of a game. Yeah, and less of a like interactive television show type sure. thing, and that's why I thought it was so much better. But also, that game does a really a lot of cool things that are just going to get totally lost in the sort of you need to understand video games to know to appreciate this audience that's that's uh, digesting these things now. Mm-hmm. You know, like um, I mean, I know the the game rips off in the mouth of madness and a lot of different things. But you know the, the remember the point when Nightingale was in the jail? Yeah. And he like recognized his, his memory of reading of his own demise. Right. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. You know he recognized that he was participating in the conversation that he dies in. Yeah. So then he like pulled the page out and was like, "Wait a minute." Yeah. And then like that instant he died. Yeah. That is like a really interesting <laughs> thing. Yeah that like fulcrum of reality is like that moment in the game i mean if you think about it conceptually that moment in the game is the fulcrum of you know the real world and yeah the like fake world that the game devolves into but uh i don't know that's like just one of the interesting examples of something novel that i don't know to to get to that to get to see to that interesting idea in the game you have to play the game for eight hours and go through all the shit that makes video games video games still so I'm sure a movie will do something like that in the next few years and be recognized as genius while video games will kind of get the shaft I thought the um again the words where you were like manifesting the the object that the like would you shine your light at the word and it manifests that object <laughs> yeah. into uh, obvi- I guess it's obviously it's a thing where it's like these are the words that are being typed so these are the words that are building this reality that he's in. Mm-hmm. But at the same time, it also kind of calls into play the idea of games literally being a replacement for mm. the written word. Mm. Like, don't just write telephone. Mm-hmm. Just experience a world in which a telephone exists. Right. Yeah, in that's weird really way. interesting. I didn't even think about that. And like Probably because I just breezed. I didn't even pay attention to what was going on at that last point. Yeah, I thought it was so stupid. They introduce it pretty quickly, but as far as what I saw, the DLC and I don't—not that you'll probably play it—I don't think I will either. The DLC relies on that pretty heavily. Oh, really? Yeah, that is interesting. Of like uh, manifesting in objects, hmm. as opposed to them just being there. Yeah, conceptually, that's really interesting. I honestly didn't even think about it like that. It, it, for some reason, at that point, regardless of how much I'm praising the game, I was like really interested in finishing it. Yeah. I just wanted it to end. I was like, please, just shine the light on it, the word. It almost... It almost uh, yeah, it's interesting you put it that way, because that game 
almost overstays its welcome. Yeah, no, it's it, really long. It gets long. pretty close. It's really long for what it is. Yeah. It's not long for any other kind. There's not too much uh, the game can do to keep you interested as a game mm-hmm. for that long. Mm-hmm. That's why it's, you know, it's such a weird thing that it's the hybrid of a television show and a game. Right. You know, at, po- at times it does television great. At times it does it terrible. At times it does game great. At times it does games terrible. Yeah. It's just a weird hybrid or uh, chimera. I don't know. It's weird. Great game, though. I think it's really good. Yeah. One day I'll buy it and finish the achievements, but <laughs> probably not for a while. Probably yeah. I not until I'm living in some cabin. <laughs> in a similar situation. In a similar situation <laughs> to Alan Wake. Convinced somehow that my playing the game. Set up more layers of reality. <laughs> right. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, notions that our parents do not understand. <laughs> no. Which makes me wonder what notion I won't understand. Right. That some child is going to present to right. me. Right. Yeah. See, eight-year-old kid playing Bayonetta on Infinite Climax with no problem. <laughs> Wrap your head around that one. Yeah. It's like, what is this game? It's easy. All you do is this. Yeah, that's like I remember the first time I saw Mario Brothers. It was at a, a neighbor's house to my grandma. Neighbor to my grandma's house. And he had Mario, and he was like a 40-year-old man. And mm-hmm. He was like, this is this is the future. This is technology. That's why he had it. Yeah. Because it was technology. Yeah. And I was like, oh, my God, what is this? And it was on, like, a big projection screen TV. <laughs> and I saw it at one house, and I was like, I set, every time I went to my grandma's house after that, I was like, can I go to his house to play it again? <laughs> And she's like, no, I barely know this guy. I'm not going to invite, you know, I'm not going to, like, send my child or my grandchild to his house to play video games. He doesn't want that. You know what I mean? Yeah. It was, but um, I remember when I played, I was, like, five, and it was the first time I ever saw a video game. And I dominated at it. Yeah. It was just easy. And the guy was looking at me, like, (laughs) basically, (laughs) probably regretting how much money he spent on this thing that he quite obviously didn't understand. As well as someone else does, who can't afford it. Yeah. Uh, yeah. That's that anecdote. <laughs> and then I played Monday Night Combat. Tell me about that game, because I haven't played it yet. That's a good game. I've only watched videos of it. Do you know the structure of the game and how it works? I know how it's supposed to work, but it seem it sounds like the majority of the experience that people are having is that most people aren't quite playing it the way it that the developer intended. Well, it's just like I know everyone says Dota, but you know I don't. Who plays Dota? I don't play PC games. No, and you don't really either. There's basically it's just basically two bases and two lines of enemies mm-hmm. that are created at each base. Yeah. Uh, slowly following a designated path towards each other. Right. And the place where that path meets is sort of the area of combat, typically. Right. And you're constantly just trying to force it. It's like a tug of war. You're trying to escort these robots yeah. to the other team's uh, money ball. Right. right. Or base. Yeah. And, um, yeah, but I mean, the reason it's interesting is because you can, it's not from an overhead view. It's not like a typical tower defense game or a strategy game because you're actually in the first person perspective of one of the characters, one of the class characters in the game. And, you know, you can choose all sorts of actions in order to accomplish the goal of defeating the other team. Right. So you can hang around the creeping lines of enemies and, you know, just pick them off. Right. You can 
uh, help power up your your creeping line of offense sure. as it pushes through. You could just hang back the entire time and just wait by your base's door, yeah, quote-unquote door, and just snipe anyone that comes in. Uh, you could just hang back and just build turrets only, just like set things up like an engineer. And, and what people have been saying is for the most part no one's doing that. No one's really doing the defensive thing. That's all I did. That's really funny. It was, it's weird because I like too, tower defense. That's the first thing I would do too. Because I usually, in any sort of game where there are classes like that, I tend to pick a defensive or support class. Mm. Um, I guess just yeah, because me too. my, I don't my stress that. level is automatically set at a higher level if I'm more of like an assault upfront mm. class, and I'd rather just be like back, just hanging out. And like weird because I think there's more stress in the back. I think you're you're probably choosing more stress because you like more really? stress. Yeah. I don't know. Like I play the well, there's more. I, I there's less play stress the medic up front. in TF2 because I feel like it's less stressful being a medic than it is being like a soldier. Oh. Base defense to me seems like way more defense. It just seems like you have that period of time when the match starts where everything's occurring yeah, out yeah, of yeah, your yeah, eyes, and see. you're like, I don't know what's happening yeah, out I there, can see that. but I'm going to trust that it's so, going our way. So what I understand is you earn you earn money in the game during the matches, yeah, and you can spend them on upgrading yourself, yeah, or building turrets or yeah. upgrading those turrets, yeah. Um, or upgrading. Um, what is it? Oh, you can send you can send more waves of your robots out. Or there are like jump pads that you can unlock. Yeah. That increase the like terrain's complexity. Yes. Yeah. So the thing that uh, that kind of discouraged me a little bit was hearing that most people just upgraded themselves and didn't really do anything else. Mm. And I guess if that's what everyone's doing, then there's okay. really no there's no disparity in the experience. Yeah. But I guess it's just it's kind of disheartening that this developer put a lot of time into creating something kind of unique, and people are well, it'll all balance out, ignoring you know? maybe a large part of it. Once some people take advantage of the fact that everyone's doing the same thing, it'll all balance out. Yeah, I guess it's just a matter of the fact that this game is a a PC game, or is derived from a PC game. Yeah, and it's being released on a console to a console audience in the guise of a first-person shooter. Yeah, it seems so it's like it's it's bringing in the entire group of people to that genre of gameplay, which is still pretty new. Mm -hmm. The kind of creeping tower defense Dota game. Yeah. There's really no name for it other than Dota. Um, I mean, like, it's just a weird thing to unleash upon people who have no idea of what they're doing. Of course, like, if they see a guy with a gun from a first-person or third-person perspective, they're going to play it like Halo yeah. and try and kill each other. But uh, I, I think this game will probably be the first of its kind, and, or the first of many. Yeah, of this type. I could see game. it because I think it's been more because it's very unique. I, I mean, I, and I'm talking out of my ass, but it seems, at least from my perspective, it's being it's been more successful than um, I think most people thought it would be. Yeah, because it has kind of a it's like a kind of like a really weird bargain bin generic name. Yeah, Monday Night Combat sounds like a kind of it sounds like a Me Too game. Mm -hmm. But the the irony is is that there's nothing else like it on right. Xbox Live uh, or Xbox in general, I guess. And a lot of people seem to think uh, seem to really really like it. It's it's really good. Like most people don't have anything bad to say about it other than the game. I guess just isn't being played the way it was intended for now. Mm -hmm. Until people kind of figure out other avenues of. And it's got that play. TF2 look, which is you yeah, might which like. everybody likes. Well, most people like. Yeah. I thought it, it's all right. I don't really mind it. I don't. Really, I never really liked that look necessarily, um, but 
the the thing that you can't like overlook is the fact that the game is like produced so well. Like if if you play it yourself and you look, it's just got a level of polish that's ridiculous. I like the running for, for a downloadable title. <clears throat> I like the sort of Running Man, uh, Death Row. Not quite as like uh, dystopian, but just like future. Yeah. Death sport, just kind of like uh, these like future arenas and these giant stadiums and everything. I yeah. like I like that aesthetic. Yeah. More than the um. More than them having gone something really dark and like gritty and, and like ugly. Yeah, the aesthetic reminds me of. This sounds really weird, but it reminds me of a mix between Death Row, sure, and Team Fortress Two, mm-hmm. and Trick Style. <laughs> yeah, it does have that like really like glass and metal shiny. Yeah, s- I don't know, swoopy shaped. Yeah. Future look. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And everything that's like not the players. Mm-hmm. So like the audience and everything exists right. so far, far away yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> from the actual arena that it seems like it's it seems like the world is fucking gigantic. Yeah, but that's why I say trick style. Yeah, Which well, was I mean, a weird I, game. I guess I mean I guess uh, like Wipeout has like that kind of thing too, where there's just so much space between the central, the center of attention, and yeah. like the environment that it's in. Yeah. But I like that. Like I saw oh, a video where it, like it does like the open swoop in of the arena, mm-hmm. and it's just like <clears throat> I don't know if it's floating or if it was supported in a way that I couldn't it looks see. Like it's floating, just in this giant like donut of an arena of yeah. a stadium. Nothing's explained. Yeah, <laughs> great. I like that. And like all the teams have like specific names and logos that you can just I guess infer as to what the hell mm-hmm. is going on. And its humor is not that bad. It still isn't funny, but it's not that offensive. A lot of humor in games is offensive, and everyone says that, but uh, I'm saying it again. Offensive in, the, in, in that it's, in bad, it's bad, or offensive yeah. in that it's like... Offensive in that it's bad. Trying to be funny. It just seemed... I guess it seemed... Uh, I guess it doesn't seem like it's trying too hard. No, yeah. It just has kind of a goofy sensibility, like the the big, like, doofy mascot that you beat the shit out of in the match to like get money. Right. And then he does like a stupid, like... Dance. It's really when funny. When you win, I thought that was actually pretty funny. And usually, I don't go for that kind of slapstick yeah. humor. But it was it was funny enough. Yeah, you know, actually, and then I played, or I'm starting to play Peace Walker, which is pretty unique, but I don't want to... That game's... I told you that game was good, and you really have... I didn't... Trust me, I'm just like you. I was like, that game's terrible. Who wants to play a Metal Gear Oh, no, I looked at you that way because I didn't expect that to come out of your mouth. Just like, I started playing Peace Walker. Oh. Well, you thought it was a terrible game, right? I mean, I did. No, I I don't think it's... uh, I'll change what I... What I meant was, I was very ignorant of how that game... Um was designed. Here's what I know about Peace Walker. It's Metal Gear and people kept saying it's like Metal Gear but Monster Hunter-ish. Uh-huh. And that's the extent of my knowledge as to what that game is. So does that turn you off to it or turn you on to it? Um, more than it? Like if, compared to if another Metal Gear were released that was a typical Metal Gear game on a portable system. <sighs> which would you rather play? Just knowing those oh, two things. What would I be more likely to play would be Peace Walker. If, I mean, if it were a Monster Hunter. 
I'm saying if Peace Walker were Monster Hunter more than a typical MGS game. Oh. Uh, what turns me on about that is the Monster Hunter aspect. What okay. turns me off about it is the Metal Gear aspect. Right. Because I'm just tired of that aesthetic. Yeah. And like, it is. It is. The good news is that it's like it's interesting enough that you would find it interesting. Yeah. Wow, that's a really complex. <laughs> but I mean, there's there's enough unique ideas to the Metal Gear universe. You know, who honestly, who the who cares about the Metal Gear plot? It's so stupid to me. I guess when it was always stupid to me. It never made any. It was ridiculous. Anyone who likes it is a bizarre so, person. So what? Not, not an auteur. So what the the problem with that? It or the what that says to me is someone's like it's Metal Gear but Monster Hunter. What I take from that is. Uh, what the point of a Monster Hunter game is is not congruent with what the point of a Metal Gear game is. And it's like, I don't need a loot game full of like self-importance mm. and like over like over dramatic cutscenes. Because that's what I picture. But maybe that's not what that game is like. Or maybe the focus is not It's so more much like on... Demon Souls. Oh, great. In that, uh, <laughs> what I mean by that is that it's Anyone like, wants to get me to play a game, just tell me it's like Demon's Souls. <laughs> I've gotten Sean to do so many things recently by saying, by likening them to Demon's Souls. It's like I got him to walk off a roof. I was like, <laughs> it's like, Sean, if you like walk Demon's off this Soul. roof into that pool, it'll feel like Demon's Souls. <laughs> and he did it. Um, <laughs> the, uh, what I mean is it's like really solitary. And mm-hmm. you can, if you, especially, okay. especially if you skip by, skip past all the cutscenes. Sure. Which I do. Um, which I would probably do. As you well. know, it's like a really, it's a real menu-based, menu-driven game. Mm-hmm. So you're just basically accessing missions and going to play them, and uh, you know, you're just playing in these arenas, and and it's it it reminds me a lot of like an EDF game too, in that it's. Um, it did seem when I watched the video, it did seem kind of like that, just in the. How the levels are just like different components put together. Yeah, and like you to supposed to replay them a couple times, and like yeah, I guess there's uh, I guess there's kind of a I don't know if kind of or there is a loot system in place where play a level you may come out with some objects or some things that weren't in the last time you went through that. Right, level. and there's also a weird which I haven't dealt with yet because it's to me the most uninteresting aspect of the game, though I'm starting to understand or feel that it might be. Uh, important, which kind of upsets me, but I'll talk about it more, I guess, next week. Yeah, is that um, there's sort of a recruitment aspect to the game, mm-hmm. and kind of like a base camp management type deal, right? Where you know you are recruiting cooks and recruiting all these weird things, and there's like this sim game going on behind the scenes. Yeah, and they affect like stats. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Which is kind of interesting, but also kind of weird. I just haven't figured out if I like it yet. If I like it, it's interesting. If I don't like it, it's going to be a terrible addition to the game. But um, when you're fighting the bosses, I guess you could call them that, mm-hmm. the large Metal Gear type mechs, they all have these artificial intelligence cores that look like trash cans. Okay. That um, hum and sing a song. I forget what song they sing, actually. I think it's a pretty famous one now that I, I remember. I usually don't play PSP games with the sound on, unfortunately. Um, but they have these like trash can-sized AI cores attached to the large mech at some point, and usually your goal is to cause enough damage to that core to like destroy the machine. So you have to either get that core to appear or be good enough with the aiming to hit it as it's moving around, but you're basically always going after that core at the end. Yeah. And and then you eventually have to like climb into it, Hell 9000 style, 
and remove the memory components to get it to malfunction huh. before it flies off and you fight it later as another boss. So basically it's oh, this weird. this reappearing enemy that you fight throughout the game that just keeps assimilating itself to these like larger mechs. Oh, okay. Okay. And uh yeah, story-wise, I really obviously I skip everything, so I don't know what's going on. But gameplay-wise, it, it's not that bad. I mean, it's it's a lot like everything that's coming out of Japan. That's really Lost Planet, Metal Gear-ish. It's just a very robotic way of playing games. It's just like very. It's, they're just a very. The games aren't intuitive. They don't control intuitively. They're just very structured and very abstract and conceptually dense and. It takes a lot of brain power. It takes as much brain power, I would say, to conceptualize and understand the controls as, as it does to solve the problems within the game worlds themselves. <laughs> you know, so if you don't feel up to that challenge, if you don't feel up to learning a new control scheme, then you probably shouldn't bother with it. But I'll, next time, or well, actually, when we go to PAX, I'm going to bring it so you can try it. Does it, uh, that's actually a question I'd like to ask really quick. Does it, How's it control? For it a controls Metal like Metal Gear. Even controls with... like uh, like Snake Eater. Is it irritating with just the one yeah, stick? It is. Yeah. yeah, especially the PSP stick. Yeah, I just say I haven't had a PSP in forever, but I had a PSP. <clears throat> the period of time I had a PSP was when it was still like puzzle games and driving games before right. people were trying to solve the problem of how do we get what is typically a two stick. Right. Game onto a one stick console. Also, I keep playing Crisis Core. Have I ever told you about that game yet? Just that you've played it. That game. Tell me something about it. Great, man. If I, honest to God, if I brought. That's a game I know zilch about. If I brought that game over and let you play a mission. And then, like, left later that evening. Mm -hmm. You would guaranteed be craving playing it again by the end of the night. You'd be like, "Man, I really wish I could play just like one more mission of that game." I don't it's, know anything about it. It's so good. I mean, it's structured like <laughs> it's structured like Metal Gear Peace Walker, but <laughs> not as menu driven. Um, it's just like Monster Hunter, also, in that there's like quests, and that's how the whole game is structured. Hmm. Like, there's a central plot that certain quests will. Um, unfold for you. Mm -hmm. But basically what you're doing is you're just um, you you basically are constantly going to save points or wherever to open up a menu system to select one of hundreds of different different missions, man. Oh, like hundreds of different missions. Um, and the combat is actually just more of a... Uh, it's more of a beat-em-up than it is uh, a role-playing game. You're just running around this is battle it, arena. Is that a game with Vincent? Is that no, him? it's with uh, Zach. Oh, so is it a prequel? To yeah. Seven? Oh, okay. It's the prequel to Seven. All those games came out, like it was Crisis Core, Final and, Fantasy, and, Barf, and, and uh, yeah, Dirge of Cerberus, which is the Vince, right? That's the yeah. Vincent game, right? I thought they were both with him because they were. I thought I, the reason I thought that is they were trying to push him as like, right, an action adventure platform, like Dante. Yeah, 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 yeah. Which I thought, which is why I asked that question. Which they but, were for sure. Yeah. Yeah, that all that all that was just that like literal vomit of Final Fantasy uh, aesthetic assault. Assault. Yeah, yeah, it was disgusting. And we love the game. 
So that's how. I mean, that's I why like it was seven. That's I, why it was offensive. I don't like Advent Children. No, Advent Children is ridiculous. It's there's no saving grace to that. If it becomes a reality, it'll it won't be as good as the the initial rumor. Idea. Yeah, yeah. It'll be gimped in some way, or it'll this have is like some the third time that this has happened with a, a PSP Ericsson phone, and I'm still talking to different uh, arms of the company, not communicating with each other. Yeah, properly. Someone I still a, think that's what it is. Someone made a call to Google, like unsolicited. I mean, the and prospect of a like droid PS, a droid Sony union is really interesting to me because I like both in a weird way, mm -hmm. in a weird like underdog way. I like them both a lot, so I would definitely be a lot more interested. But it just doesn't seem plausible to me. I don't know. And but I mean, that's all I've been playing this week. Period. Besides from Geometry Wars 2. Are you back on that? Yeah, it's such a good game, man. I beat my score of 2.5 billion or whatever it is. <laughs> I played a little bit of 99 Nights 2. I burned out on that game really, really fast. Like, I was really up on it, and I was playing it, like, every day, putting time into it, and then all of a sudden I just do not want to touch it anymore. But I want to finish it. So I don't know if I should just wait. How are you not done with it? You played, like, 40 hours of it. It's a long game. How is that game 40 hours? It's more than because I'll have to re if I want to do all thousand I'll have to replay it on hard. So when you're saying you're trying to finish it, are you saying you're trying to thousand it or beat the game? Just beat it at this point. What? I think just beat it at this point. That is ridiculous. Well, the thing. Man. Well, no. Here's the thing: is because I originally I was going at it. Ridiculous. I was going at it to do the thousand, so I was playing it as though I was going to do the thousand uh -huh. and like replaying levels okay. over and over and farming the shit out of these like specific corners. Okay. You know, and now I'm just like, and maybe that's what happened is I did that too much. Possible. And now I'm just kind of done with that game. That is definitely possible. Nothing wrong with the game though. That's nothing, anything against that game. It's really good. It's still amazing. I have nothing wrong to say or nothing bad to say about it. Hmm. Other than, I guess maybe it just doesn't hold it, hold my interest long enough. Right. I don't know. some PlayStation 1 games on my PC via the wonders of emulation. And uh, I won't talk about them all because it's been quite a few, but I'll just talk about a couple that uh, have been particularly interesting to play again or see again. Uh, I guess before we get too far from hack and slash uh, dark fantasy, I uh, started playing Kingsfield 1. Which is a game I spent a lot of time playing uh, as a younger, younger child. And the thing I said to you was that seeing these games emulated on the PC, 
and seeing how crisp all the edges are and how there's like no pixelation and there's no filter and there's no like weird uh, resolution problems I guess mm -hmm. has been pretty cool and the reason for that is that, like I told you is that when you're younger or the, the memories you have of games from your childhood your brain probably does some sort of cleanup your brain emulates them. Yeah. <laughs> Upscales them. Your brain does some sort of cleanup on them in your memories sure. to where you don't remember how bad it really looked. Sure. Which is why, uh, not to go off on too much of a tangent, which is why um, the when the owner of the game store we used to work at was telling us that N64 is, like, cool again. Right. Like, cool right now. I think it's because for gamers just getting into the idea of like collection and revisiting some of their past game experiences mm -hmm. that's their NES is the N64 oh yeah sure so <clears throat> it's why like a lot of people poor them yeah I feel sorry for them but, but for like us who, who have no desire to go back and collect that it was just a, it was like a system on the road of systems sure when we look at it, we're like, what a muddy nightmare. Oh, it is. It's a mess. But at the time, I remember thinking that the N64 looked pretty good. I don't. Really? Yeah, you don't. You, you. I swear I said this since then. I swear since 97 I was saying that the games looked terrible. Well, they just induced migraines in me. That'll Every game I played. It. Yeah, that'll do it for sure. It was just a muddy mess. of. I don't know. I mean, so often, especially when I was younger and I had more time to really like delve into games, I would inspect textures and like look really close on things two things and that is precisely what the nintendo 64 did not do well and that is precisely what hurt my head as much as it did so i mean like whatever i would do in that game i would get headaches i remember trying to navigate the underwater temple in ocarina Oop. which is renowned for its ridiculous design it's hard enough already without a migraine and Without being painfully aware of how terrible it looks. Yeah, I mean, there are times <laughs> when I sometimes... There are times when I dream that I'm navigating underwater temples like Ocarina. And they're, they're sort of nightmares because they're so obtuse and difficult to navigate. And I'm sort of stuck in these weird labyrinths that don't make any conceptual sense. And, you know, those are nightmares for me. Yeah. And there are other times when I wake up in the middle of the night and I have a migraine. And it just came on out of nowhere. And there are times when I am navigating those dream worlds with a migraine physiologically happening. Jesus. And those moments are as close to hell on earth as I can possibly imagine. And they're not very far from what from it's N64. like Nintendo 64. From what it's like playing Nintendo 64. So, yeah. So I despise that system. Uh, instead of having a sort of... Um, these games looked really bad... And I can't believe we actually played these. I think some of them... I don't think I could say they've aged well, because they haven't. They're still really primitive, and there's a lot of problems with them. And it's it's obvious that a lot of developers who <clears throat> went from 2D games to 3D games just didn't have a grasp on the technology. Right. Uh, Kingsfield looked great to me. Kingsfield looks really good. It, I mean, it has all the same problems it used to. The textures are terrible at the corners. They <laughs> warp and they distort. But... I can chalk it up to that part of that game's charm because I spent hours, probably literal days of my life have been invested in that game. Or yeah. at least the first, the, the two. Uh, and as I was playing it again and I was 
sort of having all these memories come back and I was going down like corridors and remembering where secret doors were mm-hmm. that for really no reason should I remember where these things are. Mm-hmm. But then it's like, you know, I guess technically this is a place I've been before. Oh, most I've existed in this space. Yeah. For many hours. Through experience, yeah. So it's sort of like revisiting a, uh, a home you used to live in, I guess. Sure, yeah. You're like, I remember when that happened there. And, most definitely. Uh, it's been interesting. And it's also been interesting how... It must be particularly interesting with that game. How strong... How noticeable my reaction to it has been. And by that I mean... There's something... Some chemical or something's happening in my brain that I'm just like... Enjoying when I play that game. For some reason. I'm like, I, I love this space. I like the way this... Like, the... Simplified geometry. And like... Yeah, try and figure that out. I don't know. <laughs> it's hard. Well, I mean, visually and like, well, aesthetically and, and atmosphere-wise, I think we both like that atmosphere. Yeah. So that has a big hand in it. Yeah. But I mean, there's something about the simple geometry that I think is really appealing. I don't know what it is about it. I think, to be honest, I think what's happening, and this might seem really weird, but remember when. Games started to get 3D, and there was like a really large offshoot of people who were saying, Man, I miss my 2D classic games like Mario, Super Mario 2, Mario 3, blah, blah, blah. And they really appreciated the way information was sort of communicated via those graphics. Mm-hmm. You know? I think, in a way, what's happening is that... Well, I remember thinking when that was happening. I remember thinking, what's going to happen with me? As I start getting older, because my primary games, I don't really consider them a Nintendo 64. I did, or I'm sorry, the Nintendo, Super Nintendo. I played a lot of games on those, but my main gaming years were kind of the PlayStation and PlayStation 2. Right. And And I I started to like think, when I consider those games retro, am I going to have the same sort of nostalgia for them? And I think that now anything I play that's like simple geometry, it evokes that time period in games yeah, where you're like, man, I remember when things were so bizarre and abstract and that abstract obtuse nothingness is kind of the visual identity of the new retro. Sure. You know what I'm saying? What you're saying, and what I thought about this too, actually, I was, uh, I forget who I was talking to about it. Um, it might've been one of my coworkers because he's a big, he's into, um, the NES, and he he's into collecting NES games, and uh, he just has a real affinity for the pixel, the real pixelated style of the NES. He's my age, but he just he likes that a lot. Yeah. Um, and it also has to do with the fact that in his home as a child, they didn't have a Genesis or a Super Nintendo. They had a Nintendo for a long, very, very long yeah. time. And after he, you know, he got older, he didn't really necessarily stick with games. They were just something that he would play if they were around. Right. You know. But, like, for you and me, I would say the end of the SNES into PlayStation, that's the time where you sort of became aware that what you were doing is... How do I do this without sounding like I'm on some fucking soapbox in front of an audience? You became aware that playing video games could be a pattern of behavior or a lifestyle and not just, like, a simple distraction. Sure. I guess. Yeah. 
No, that's a good way of putting it. So you started, you started looking at these games a little more critically. Yeah. Your knowledge base had reached the point where you could start making comparisons between games and go, I like this game because it's like this other game. And maybe even a lot of it had to do with the fact that you were purchasing your own games. That that comes into it as well. And it was because, you know, when I, when I was really young and we had the Nintendo, obviously I didn't make any of the purchasing decisions on the games. Right. Uh, and it wasn't like... You know, I really liked Simon's Quest, so I only played games that were like Simon's Quest. I played racers, I played puzzle games, right. I played a bunch of different games and genres that today I'll never touch because I just don't like them now. And I probably didn't then either, but I didn't know any better because it was still a novelty to play any game. Sure. So, yeah, I guess the 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 most concrete memories that were like that have been like forged in your brain are probably during that era. Of the the switch over from 2D to 3D. Yeah. And that's like you were saying, uh, you were having a conversation with your girlfriend, and and she thinks the games look pretty simple and, and they're not sophisticated, and you know, I can't, I guess she can't appreciate them, like we can. For one, she didn't play them, I guess. Right. And two, uh, I guess she can't get past their simplicity. Or yeah. the lack of polish. Yeah. But what you said is that, you know, you can see past that because you understand what they're trying to convey. Yeah. No. And you understand within the context what they wanted you to feel or experience. Well, no, it's, it's or have same, in your head. It's like if you th- if you we were playing Colony Wars and I was talking about that. And Colony Wars is a little game. Mm-hmm. But I mean, it's like if you work around children, infants, you eventually start to understand what they want. <laughs> from the noises they make, despite the fact they're not language. Right. But, I mean, if you're unfamiliar with that and you're thrown into a situation with toddlers, you don't really understand what they're trying to communicate to you. You need to have that background in the language. And it's like a very particular visual language that she just doesn't understand. Mm -hmm. Well, that's... I guess... I don't know, man. There's just something about that simplicity and, like... I don't know if it's... It's not cleanliness. There's just something about the... I don't know what it is. The abstraction, the level of the level of of uh, the level of abstraction in Kingsfield is at the optimal level, I guess. <laughs> for me. Like it's not so detailed that I don't feel like I can just enough to be a game. Put myself into it and it's not so simple that I'm remar- I'm remarking to myself how bad it looks. I don't know. God. It's, it's such a hard thing to say. Yeah, definitely. But I could spend... If if for some reason, if for some bizarre reason, games had to look like King's Field again, sure. I would have zero problem with it. I'd probably have a little problem with it. But it would be... I would still play games occasionally, is the best way to put it. Yeah? I would still play games. I would definitely have a problem with it. If the next Mirror's Edge looked like King's Field, I would probably be a little upset. Yeah. You can't say yeah, that. Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs>
I want to because I I've been thinking building. about uh, I've been thinking about indie developers and, and games, especially when you showed me that program. What's the name of that program? Uh, sort of Moonlight, which is a level builder. It's based on the PS2 Kingsfield, I think. Pretty sure. Uh, I started thinking about you know. There's no reason you couldn't build something in that engine that wouldn't be just as amazing as something on a PS3 or a, or a 360. It's all ideas. There's really no reason at all. No. So, I really have, I've been thinking about it, doing that. It's what you do with the tools you have, you know? Yeah. God damn it, Kingsfield's amazing. <laughs> it's amazing. So is Demon Souls. Man, they're great games. They're both. <laughs> All right, and it's really funny seeing I how. I disagree, but I, I I know they have a lot in common, but it's really funny seeing just how much of the little stuff they have in common. Like uh, in Kingsfield, there are corridors, there's signs in the game that tell you about like villages and, and locations, but occasionally you will come across uh, a scrawling in the wall, and they're not in English. It's just like some language that they tried to make up. But when you read it, they tried to. It's just, you know, it looks like someone's like, instead of an A, it's like, kind of like an A. or you know. the Cro-Magnon language, yeah. 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 So when you go up and hit X to read them, uh, it'll say like, South Village ahead or whatever. But there are occasionally, there are scrawlings on the wall that aren't part of like a placard or aren't denoted in any way. That will say, um, Danger Ahead. Or, uh, Look Out. Or things yeah. like that. And I forgot about those. Oh. And I came across one, and I was like, "Motherfucker, those are the those are the inscriptions, sure. the messages in Demon Souls." It's just so interesting that's to really, see how really long cool. those concepts have been like through that series into Demon Souls. That's and, really like, interesting. It started in what was that, ninety four, ninety five? What a cool, interesting aspect to make online. <laughs> the messages. Yeah. Yeah. It's just so fucking unique, man. Yeah. Other than that, uh, played a, I've played a bunch of different ones. I played Intelligent Cube for like a whole afternoon, and I think I did better in that one run than I ever did playing it when I was younger. Very uh, possible. And I'm sure I have every everything, every game I've played since then to thank for that. Maybe. Because the thing with Intelligent Cube, and I, I know that I did because I remember when I first played it, when it was first out, uh, I didn't have the concept of having to manage multiple things at once. Mm. Games were still pretty linear of like go sure. left, right, go forward, whatever. But, uh... Like, um... Oh, there's a game I'm trying to think of and it's it totally escaped me right now. Fuck. Or, or I guess like Bejeweled. Where you have to keep in mind, roughly, of like where you're moving pieces and you're mm -hmm. trying to set things up and it's like if I do this then these chain reactions will happen or whatever. Mm-hmm. Uh, Intelligent Cube is like that. Like you have to pay attention how many cubes back a certain cube is, and right. uh, every every uh, round has a perfect solution to it, mm -hmm. where you do it in exactly the number of moves you're supposed to, with with without error. Right. And that concept to me, younger, just didn't click. I was just like, I got to get rid of all the cubes, no matter how I have to do it. No matter how many like mistakes I make, or like how I you know how I go about attacking this right. moving puzzle, so I don't know. I know I did better going now, which is interesting because usually you think, man, I used to be so good at this and now I'm terrible. Right. 
Yeah, that was that was interesting to me. No, I've 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 recognized that too. I forget what game I was just playing too recently that I had the exact same experience with. The exact same experience with. Where you did better now than you did when it was first out. Yeah, it was like when you used to play bosses, and then go to you couldn't beat them all night, and then you go to sleep and wake up, and the first thing in the morning you could just take care of it like it wasn't boss, a problem. And it's, yeah, it's except we slept ten years. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> since we there's a, there's another game. games uh, that I'll talk about here in a minute that that happened again. It's been kind of a retro week. The, Real quick, uh, did you download Ridge Racer Four? Yes. For that, does it look good? Um, it looks good. It doesn't look whole, a whole lot different than it did on the PS3. Oh, okay. It only looks better because it doesn't. The PS3 has that like smooth filter sure, on, yeah. which, for the most part, makes everything look like an N64 game. Yeah. But on the PS3, you need it because you turn it off. It's a pixelated mess. And actually, I guess it does look better on the PC just because it's running at a yeah, I'd imagine a it better resolution and a frame rate. Um. That's surprising too. How many of these games look really good? How much when you find out what wasn't like a compressed JPEG and what was actually like a vector letter set? Sure, yeah. A lot of these shmups have like just like the player one text or the score or like the menu options. You know, they come out like super crisp looking and not all compressed and artifacted. Colony Wars was like that. Yeah, Colony Wars layout actually looked really, really uh, high res. Yeah. All that like line art because yeah. you you assume most of that stuff was just like images right that they stitched together but I guess not. Um, played uh, Gradius or Gradius I don't know, say Gradius. I, don't I know. say Gradius. Every time I say great. it, I, I'm like cognizant of like some people don't say that. It's like great, yes, like great. <sighs> it's like that gradient. good. Gradius, uh, Gaiden or Gaiden. It's another one. Great. Two words, great. Two words Amazing. together. Great. Welcome to the internet. Greatest guide in. Uh, Excuse me, that's not how you say that game. Yeah. His name. Uh, I really like that game. It might be, uh, other than five, I think that might be my favorite Gradius game. Better than three, huh? I would have to disagree <laughs> with you there. I just like three any... Three might be the... I, like, I just like the Jade Knight ship a lot. That's so Cause weird. Because it's, it's so different from my the Vic favorite ship. Really? Yeah, it's my least favorite. When I saw you. Well, because I'm not good at shmups, and that that ship makes a lot of those sections really easy. Oh, you know what other game I played? What's that? <laughs> Zoldner X. I hooked up my stupid PS3 to uh, regular. What is it called? Red, yellow, white. What's that? What are red, yellow, white cables called? Composite. Yeah. Okay, composite. RCA. I always want to say RCA. That's that that works. Too. It works, but it's not right. It's not technically right. But I, I don't, People okay. can say that too. So anyway, uh, I hooked that up through RCA to a stupid giant projection screen TV because I wanted to play this fucking Zoldner X game because everyone's been talking about it, and I keep oh the sequel or the first one the the second one oh yeah Zoldner X two because everyone has been talking about it and saying it sucks, but every video that I see looks so amazing to me. Makes it look pr- really good. So I downloaded it, right? Yeah. It's so good. <laughs> it's amazing. Yeah. Remember how we were just watching, uh, however you say this one, I always say Philosoma, or Philosoma is what I always say, so sorry. Yeah. But, and we were saying, man, why doesn't anyone invest as much time and effort financially and production-wise into a shmup mm-hmm. just so we can see what these new systems could do? Yeah. Because up until this point, I would say or argue that Gradius Five was probably the best we've seen so far uh, of how technically competent. I don't think there's really any argument for that. Really. Okay. So... Just imagine seeing a PS3 game rendering a game like 
Gradius V that was built specifically for it. I mean, it really okay. is that impressive. The, the big difference between this and the first one, which I've only seen videos of, but the difference is immediately apparent, is that uh, there's much like a ridiculous sense of speed in this one. Mm -hmm. Because the backgrounds are actually three three uh, D modeled environments that are moving at a clip. Yeah. Whereas the uh, the other game was just stale, static backgrounds that slowly scrolled by in a sort of parallax sonic background. Oh, right. Way. So like regardless of how your ship was moving. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. But you know this is a lot more dynamic, like Radius Five or Zionite. And you know you're moving everywhere. You're doing all these crazy things. But what's really interesting about the game is that it's it's kind of a, it's a European, but it's a Western take on shmups, right? So the enemy design is so bizarre, man. They're like ripped off of Judas Priest covers. Like they're like I don't even really know how to explain them other than that. It looks like, like the one video you showed me kind of looked like. Well, I said it kind of reminded me of the Darius series because they were kind of fish-like. But I guess they're they are actually I guess fish-like in the sense that everything's like. Metal and long, fin and like vents and like weird pipes. Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, yeah. The or, whole that 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 aesthetic is uh, uniform throughout the whole game. But like the bosses are psychotic, man. <laughs> uh, the one boss you fight that looks <sighs> looks like he should be rising out of some kind of lava flow on like a Dio album. He's like a robot knight with a laser cannon arm that's like hovering through space on a rocket pack. Like, what does that even mean? <laughs> and he's like the guardian of that space zone. And, you know, you approach him and he's like, he's speaking in like Dynex's voice. You know, he's like, yeah. Morning. <laughs> and, you know, another boss is like a gigantic metallic robot head that's part of a beast that's so large you're obviously only fighting the very top of it. Right. Uh, but it's so like frighteningly constructed. Like I know that I know Death Miles just did something like that, and tons of games have done giant head bosses before, all the way back to the Moai. But this one is so mechanical and that bizarre art style that we're trying very hard to define. That I, there's really no way to do. I don't think, but yeah. say European. But, yeah. Man, that game is really good, and you o you only unlock levels by collecting these keys in the game. It's just a really interesting take, man. I I I, I played it through and beat it in a day but hmm. I really think it's worth it like I'm, I'm definitely suggesting it to you not the audience because I don't really know or care what they think but if you purchase this game you would guaranteed be okay with your purchase yeah guaranteed you'd be relaxed with it there's nothing you would think <laughs> back on and be like <laughs> maybe I, I shouldn't have drop that money on that it's kind of a waste how's the music Music is ridiculously good <laughs> because it's 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 such an underrepresented genre in shmups. Uh, like there's right now there's a real lot of there's heavily orchestrated soundtracks in shmups, and then there's kind of techno jap pop. Mm -hmm. But this is like hardcore trance, which you know is like I just said really underrepresented in shmups. So I mean. Personally, I think that's one of the better genres of music you could pair with shooters or shmups. Yeah. So, I mean, obviously I know you like that, so you would dig it. Yeah. Yeah, it's a really good call, man. It's a really good call, all around. It's a fantastic game. Yeah, it's A lot of people have been dogging on it because it's such a Euro shmup, but... Is that why? Is there not, like, some really bizarre, like, backwards, complicated scoring system to master, or...? Um... 
No, the 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 thing about it is it's I don't know like you know how shmup is a very difficult thing to define. Sure. Um Euro shmup is just more particular. So it's therefore more difficult to define. But I mean the the real way to explain it to you is that most people don't like it because it's a Euro shmup. It's like horizontal kind of an awkward non-traditional so when I say that I mean non-Japanese scoring system um, there's a heavy focus on collecting things on the screen which typically I don't think people enjoy or like especially newer fans of the genre so yeah I've always associated that what you just said like collecting things I've never I've never associated that as a Japanese thing even though many Japanese shooters have collecting or not collect uh I don't associate collecting with Japanese shooter. Yeah, I don't want to say. Even it though is. a lot of them do. Yeah. But even like, um, and I think kind of what you're what you mean to say is like, uh, well, you were watching me play Xanic. Yeah. And you were saying it reminded you of Blazing Lasers. Right. And those are two games. While they're probably Japanese developers, I don't think I would call them a typical Japanese style shooter. Yeah. Well, Compile makes weird games. That's it. Well, there's that. But having the sort of like weird configuration of like, you know, your secondary weapon, and there are seven, seven different types of secondary weapons. Yeah, because shmups have been boiled down to and like. And you can upgrade those. Right. By collecting the same number again. Or like blazing lasers where you're like, all right, so do I get two or three? And right. if I get three and I have blue, what do I have again? Right. It's one of those like. Right, right, right. You know? Right. Yeah, but I mean, yeah, I, I totally agree. But I mean, it's also because shmups have been like boiled down to cave games, right? And anything that's not a cave game is is barely considered a shmup anymore. Sure. Um. Anyway, this game's really great, and it reminds me a lot of X2, which is a game I uh, I never played, but uh, have watched several super plays of, and has always intrigued me for its striking resemblance to Polestar. In that way, I would say that Zoldner X is kind of a roundabout sequel to Polestar. Really? Or, yeah, because, well, to me, X2, that weird game that was published by Capcom in, in Europe, and I think it was a Europe-developed shmup, um, never came out in the United States. But it was, if you look at videos of X2, you'll see that it is, if not homage, an homage to, it's a, a pretty big ripoff of Polestar, not only in graphical style, but... Some of the bosses are similar, and just, I guess, the whole design aesthetic of the game is very similar. And this game, to me, reminds me a lot of X2, not only because it's called Zoldner X2, but it visually looks a lot like X2 represented uh, in 3D with polygons, etc. Hmm. It's a weird... It's one of those, like, shmups are all incestuous. It's a weird incestuous genre. Who knows how much I'm reading into it? Who knows how much is actually a homage? Who knows how much is a tribute? Who knows how much is actually being uh, inadvertently put in there by people who've played X2? You know, it's just a weird observation of mine about the game and things. That sounds good.
to ball two, to ball number two. Only because uh, it's a, it didn't come here to America, and as far as I remember, to ball one didn't really make much of an impact here in America. Uh-huh. I don't think so, and didn't. What demo came with to ball? Seven. Was it seven? Anybody bought it? That's really? That's why I have it. And reason, that's why I like to ball, you know. Like the only reason anybody, <clears throat> the only reason anybody bought uh, Brave Fencer because because it had the demo for eight in it. Right. Yeah, but I remember playing to ball specifically to play to ball because I like Dragon Ball and I got wind that it was the same character designer and you know that's as good a reason as any to play a game I guess if you like the art style. Yeah. But um, I remember thinking it was it was pretty good. It has it has a really simple style. That's almost um, purposeful as opposed to a limited thing. It's like they purposely made it, like, not iconic, but, like, the stages were really basic looking, and I remember the models weren't very complicated. And right, originally, if you read why they did that, it was because they wanted the frames per second to be really high. Oh, was that it? Yeah. That's a good reason. So they it. made it that, I don't know how to say that word, shading. Oh, garage, I yeah. think it is. That's right. I remember reading about like some article where it was like, "This game features garage shading, and here's right. what it means, and that's why they're not textured." Yeah, right. yeah. 60, per, 60 frames per second or whatever. And that's right. yeah, yeah, yeah. So, um, and then of course the dungeon mode or whatever they called it, adventure mode or whatever they called it in the first one. A painful slog is what they <laughs> called it. <laughs> Which were, uh, it, were it like less colorful, I'd call it, you know. Like Demon Souls, yeah. In terms of how fucking yeah. masochistic, it unique was, though. No, it's really unique it's in really, that it was. It's really unique. God, who knows if it's first? I'm sure. I'm sure some fighting game fanatic, who knows everything about every series, would be like it's not first. But starting what I, I guess I'll say, starting what uh, Tekken would try to do later. Yeah. And still be awkward and terrible. Well, I wonder what came out first, Tekken Three or <clears> Tekken? <throat> what did Tekken Force first come? First show up was Tekken 3. So I wonder what came out first, Tobol 2 or Tekken 3? I'm going to say Tobol, just because I think Tekken 2 is 96, 3 was 97, Final Fantasy 7 was 97, so Tobol would at least have to be out 96. I don't know. Probably. For sure. But, uh, so 2 never came out, and I remember it, I don't know if it was ever slated to, but I remember like EGM or whatever covering it. And uh, it looked like a sequel in every way that a, a, a sequel fighting game should look. The characters are more detailed in the models. The levels looked better. There were more characters. The dungeon thing was going to be more expansive, and then it never showed up. Yeah. And uh, this is my first chance to ever play that game, and it's... I'm going to say it's really good, because it could be really bad from a fighting game standpoint, but I enjoy it a lot. It's really unique. That's... Yeah. That's for sure. Uh, the That's soundtrack sure. is really good. In general, and for a fighting game, it's really good, and it's weird because it's got—it's really good on its own. <clears throat> Would you agree that. with that? It's what? The soundtrack is really good on its own. Yeah, and not as good as a fighting game soundtrack. I don't know. That's just how I really always. Well, it does. That. It's not very fighting gamey because it's really like it's that jazzy. Yeah. Like kind of relax. It's almost relaxed in a way. That yeah. Is like no, it really is antithetical toward the fighting that's happening on screen. For sure. But I think that goes toward. I don't know. I'd like just because it seems to work in a strange way. I'd like to think that goes toward establishing an overall aesthetic that they wanted to be there. 
Yeah. You know, like there's a lot of. Uh, I don't know. When I think of that game right now in my mind, all I'm thinking about is like giant expanses of blue, or like rock, or like sky. Well, I wonder how much like Toriyama weird... had to do with the actual background design because I know it's sparse because it's. You could say that it's sparse because of the technical limitations of what they wanted to render, but mm -hmm. you remember like Dragon Ball Z was a really sparse um, universe. Yeah, and and the buildings in DBZ looked a lot like the buildings in Tobal Two. Now that I think about it, sure, these like dome-shaped, really simply rendered things. Most of his buildings look like that. So I wonder as if far he... as I know, because like the Dragon Quest art <clears throat> basically looks like DBZ, except everybody's in like tunics and. Scarves as opposed to like karate geese and. I wonder if he did the backgrounds suits. in Tobol. I don't know, because some of them look. Some of them don't look like his style. Really? Like they look in. I guess they look in in keeping with the theme of the game, but like that one. Like especially the one that has the, the backdrop of that city. Uh -huh. That big future city with like the giant skyscrapers. To me, it didn't look very Toriyama ish, uh -huh. but it could okay. be. I mean, I don't know. Who knows? Um. Yeah, but there's just like a sense of weird. I don't know what it is. None of the stages are in like weird factories. They're all in like some kind of like desert plateau or like a raft in the middle of a lake in a village or <laughs> like next to a windmill so or like sparse. in some sort of like weird mine so empty, that has like man. wooden carts and like a wooden pole. It's weird. But it's supposed to sort of be a weird... But there's, like, robots at the same time. So it's this weird, like, aesthetic of simplistic natural settings with weird alien planet ideas. or so. I don't know how to, how to word that more properly. Yeah. But, I, uh, I mean, the, the, the universe that that game creates and tries to flesh out that I don't understand because I don't understand Japanese yeah. was always really fascinating to me because... Uh, I remember when that game came out, you know, there was the internet, but there wasn't an availability of information on Tobol 2. Sure. Like, now I'm sure I could figure out, if I wanted to, who those characters were, you know, what their right. desires were, the I have, plot of the I game. Have, I have the barest sense of some of the characters, only because I played the first one, and the first one was in was either in English or had obviously had English literature attached to it in the manual. But I couldn't tell you anything about it. Yeah. But back then, you couldn't figure out that shit if no. you tried. No way. So that was always really interesting to me because it was such an alien world, like you said, that uh, ascribing my own sort of plot to it was always fun. Right. Or, <clears throat> if not fun, not not fun. Yeah. <laughs> you know what just I mean? Just intriguing. Intriguing at the very least. Like yeah. food for your brain to just sure. chew over. Uh, and the dungeon thing is... Impossible to navigate because I don't know what anything does, but it's still kind of fun in that weird like we're trying to shoehorn a fighting game into a dungeon crawler yeah. aspect, and uh, I wish I wish there were an easier way to experience it without me having to like look up a translation FAQ and and like refer to it every three seconds. Yeah, as to what everything is. Right. But it's cool, and I guess the whole thing where you go through the dungeon and every enemy you fight. And defeat successfully gets added to the available roster of like versus play or whatever. Yeah. So that there are like potentially, what is it like a hundred different fighters or more? Yeah. Or something crazy, or but most of, a lot of them are just like swaps. Like they have the same move list, but it's like green dinosaur and blue dinosaur. Right. 
But it's still... I don't know, I like that. There are, I would say, at least like 80 substantially different character sure. models. Yeah, yeah. You know. I like that because you can tell someone you can tell it was like an idea that started and they're like what if we just let people play as the dinosaurs or whatever or the enemies right and they're like yeah that sounds cool what if we just made up a bunch of fucking enemies because we can right yeah that sounds fine like it's I don't know why that appeals to me in a really weird way I guess it's just kind of that completest nature maybe I don't know I think it's just having a lot of things to do yeah to choose from I totally agree because you can rather than limiting it that's the whole reason I did it I mean when I originally played through the game and was going through those dungeons to get all those characters, or to try to get all of them. I never did. You know, it was just because I could. I really had no yeah. desire to play as the third, the three-horned, uh... Right. The, rhinoceros. The, yeah, the third color swap of the same... Didn't really care. Yeah. We just could say that you did, or you could see it. Like, sure. You know. I guess it's the Usually same. I would play with those characters for one fight, and then right. never play with them The yet. thing of that is, whenever the... the neuron in my brain that fires off, when that exists in a game... Uh, to put it into perspective for someone who maybe has no real idea what I'm talking about but may have played this game would be like getting the trophies in Smash Brothers. Yeah. And just being like, yeah, okay, cool. I'm going to get all these weird little trophies that I really can't do anything with other than to say I got them all. Or achievements right now in any game. Yeah. Again, <laughs> you know more, I mean? more flag posting. <laughs> Doom series. I don't know why I started. I, there's some catalyst happened, and I was like, I want to play Doom. And then I ended up playing one. I've been playing one. I've been playing two, and then I started three yesterday. Maybe that id. What's that? What the hell is id's convention called? Oh, QuakeCon. QuakeCon. Jesus, who doesn't? Understand oh, it was that. that. Yeah, it was the uh, fucking QuakeCon pack on Steam. Yeah. Or the yeah that I almost <clears throat> bought because it was a stupid value, but. I'll never play half of those games. Right. Half of them I've already Hexen. played. Half of them I've already played, and half of them I would never play or choose to again. Hexen. Yeah, man. Hexen is a nightmare. Hexen is a fucking nightmare. Did you ever play it? Yeah. A lot. Unfortunately. Everybody had to play it a lot or not at all because yeah. you couldn't get anywhere. Yeah. That was a really weird game, man. Oh, man. Let's make everything more complex. That will definitely... You just hit a switch that opened a door on the opposite side of the level. Find out which one. Congratulations. You <laughs> won. Terrible. Uh, <clears throat> so I started playing Doom 1 uh, through an emulator called Chocolate Doom, which I will recommend to anybody wishing to play Doom because the idea of uh, the idea is that when, all, when Doom was out and there was all these modifications and all these new different wads and total conversions and all this stuff... Um, it started being referred to as Vanilla Doom if you were just playing regular Doom. So the emulator is called Chocolate Doom as like a funny pun. Um, and it's free. The emulator is free. The wads are not free. Unless you go to the right place. Uh, so I recommend it because what it does is it doesn't throw any sort of filters. There's no like, you know, direct 3D cleanup going on at all. It runs just regular Doom 
in its, all of its pixelated glory at any resolution that you choose on your monitor, and it still looks really good, and those games still play really, really well for being as primitive as they are. Huh. For not having a jump, for not being able to look up and down, for not having, like, reload mechanics or grenades or anything like that. <laughs> or, or anything. There's no zoom. Right. You know, you can keep go. You could probably write a book on the things Doom doesn't have that modern shooters have. And for not having any of them, it still plays really, really well. I'm telling you, Doom to me is all about mapping out that spatial area without the map. Like, that's every level. To I me. have not used the map yet. I forgot it had a map. Yeah, I mean, I'm telling you, that's... It that's actually impressed me when it had a map, when I was like, oh, it has a map, I forgot! Yeah. Because I was still in, like, the mode of, like, man, this game's so old, and it's got so many things. No maps, thing, I'm sure. Probably no maps, and then I found that, the thing that unlocks the whole map. Right. That, and I was like, oh, fuck, there's a map. I then, depending the on the level, you look at the map and say, oh, my God. Yeah. How am I supposed to navigate this I don't, 2D Oh, I've used the map mess. once because I got so lost in one state, one level. And all I did was look for where the gray wall was. And I was like, okay, I haven't been there. And that was it. Doom's, de Doom's maps definitely get a little confusing. They get very confusing. I mean, in the third episode of the first game, they're pretty ridiculous. Halfway through the egg, yeah, that's about the exact point where... It starts getting crazy. Crazy. Because sure. that's when you go in the story of the game, the deep fiction, you go to hell. <laughs> that's you, when... You, you yeah. go to hell, and I guess rightfully so, hell is a confusing place to be in. It's very... No, I mean, that's <laughs> that's part of the, the genius of rendering hell in the Doom engine. It's a fucking visual nightmare of a maze. Yeah. Your brain has a hard time remembering what it can barely understand. <laughs> you know, you're looking at these walls that are just eye vaginas, and for some reason you can click on them. Man, and is, was that a thing? Was what? saying eye vagina a thing? Probably. I, I've never heard because of it. Because I was playing, uh, my girlfriend was playing it last night, and she got to that, the first age in hell. Yeah. And she walked and up, and she goes, oh, vagina walls. And I was like, what? I've yeah. never, and then you just said it. That's weird. That's just how I would reference them to they you. They look like it, it works. I mean, they look... That's a great way to describe it. It's just weird that you said like the exact same thing she did. Or, oh, I mean, I, you would probably it would it's a good portmanteau if you were writing it, vagina. <laughs> but I don't have the luxury of text right now. <laughs> yeah, and uh, other than it playing really, still playing really well. One of the most surprising things about uh, both those games. I'm not gonna talk about the third one. I'm gonna talk about it next week uh, or next time we record, maybe. Probably not, though. Uh, the surprising thing about those games is how shocking some of the shit in that game is still even today. Like, just from a conceptual point of view. Like, the the texture that scrolls that has all the, like, contorted faces. Oh, yeah. And, like... <laughs> yeah. One, one that I played it at the age that I did, I guess. I don't know. I guess I would let any eight-year-old play Doom. It's not really that bad. I guess. But just the, uh, I guess you don't think about games that old having that intense of a thing in it. Right. I guess. Or, like, how many upside-down crosses there are in that game. Yeah. And, like, sacrilege and all these, like, all this weird imagery and these big, the big demon walls that I forgot the ones with the glowing eyes will hurt you if you touch it. Yeah, that's bizarre, isn't it? Yeah. And what's really, you know, what else is bizarre to me is when you walk on those glyphs that hurt you just by walking on them. Yeah. It's yeah. only in one level. I think it's only in one level. It's it's um like the third level of the first episode or something where 
there is a really large circular glyph that isn't a transport glyph. It's just like a glyph with candles on it. Yeah. And designation visually that it's something that hurts you. It just looks like an altar for evil. Yeah. And just by walking across it, you're like, ugh, ugh. Yeah. Well, what's hurting you there? Is it just this distorted space that's so imbued with evil it hurts you? Yeah. Biologically? That's why, yeah. How bizarre of a fucking yeah, concept I know. is that? God. And then you have to fight uh, the end of the second episode, the level Tower of Jesus. Babel, where you fight the cyber demon. That's a weird level, And man. you go outside, and it's just these the pillars of these faces with, like, the pentagrams on them. Yeah. And you go out, and you're like, man, this is big. And then you go around the corner, and you're like, man, this is really big. And then you just hear... Yeah. It's just, like, shooting fi- rockets at you. <laughs> and it's like... When it's a conceit on the developer of, like, this is the arena. This is the size of the arena you need to fight him in. Right. And two, it's like, this is where he is. It's just weird that it's like, it's like his hunting ground. Yeah. Yeah. Man, and he's loaded it with ammo. <laughs> he's daring he's like, you to, to, like, all this, to fight. I'll put all this ammunition <laughs> in my center closet. Anyone who wanders into my domain will oh, find it. Oh, man. The game's really... They're still really, really good. And they play really well. And it's weird to play a game. It's weird to think about how many shooters... Or games in, in general. But shooters come out and... Uh, <sighs> You see, like, glitches in the AI, and you're like, oh, something's goofing up there. Or some kind of object falls through the game world, and you're like, well, I guess I won't pick that clip up. Or some sort of, like, smoke, like, some sort of texture problem happens, like a grenade goes off, but the walls aren't painted with the soot like they should be, or whatever, and you see. But then you play a game like Doom, and there's never, there's, like, no frame rate hitches. The enemies never behave in a really weird way, because they're running on such basic... Sure. Programming, sure. But it's just... There's never any point in that game where the game is glitching or the game is being unfair as a result of so many of these like code tumblers going right. at once and it hits this result. And it's like, oh, an impossible situation for you to get out of just right. because this game's that complicated. The beauty of simplistic game design. Yeah, it's really good. Like, I want to kind of buy it for, um... Oh, so the thing I was going to talk about, almost said I kind of want to buy it for XBLA for the achievements, but I don't know. Do it. Uh, well, the reason I think about it is because I've been playing on, um... Ultraviolence, which is the second down from Nightmare. Uh, I started on, like, lowest at first, because I, I couldn't remember how hard the games were. But having played all the shooters I've played since Doom, uh-huh. and figuring out how to, like, use Strafe... Like, I never strafed when I played it the first. I just ran straight ahead and fired at everything that moved. Oh, weird. And basically cheated my way through the game. Oh, weird. I've never... When I was younger, I never played Doom properly. Really? You've never played through it properly? Like, no, this is the first time I've ever played wow, through it Wow, that is crazy to me. I really would have thought... You I just cheated the whole time. If wow. I, if I got lost, I would just turn on no clipping mode. Well, this just in, Doom gets difficult <laughs> towards the end. This just in, Doom's fucking hard in the yeah, last man. episode. The last episode ratchets it up for sure. Um, but the given that I'm playing it with like the tactics I've learned playing like Modern Warfare and all these, you know, Halo and everything mm. of strafing and like ducking and weaving and how to like escape from situations. Uh, the fact that those still work and work really well in that game mm-hmm. is impressive to me. And, yeah. uh, like you said, really challenging. 
and challenging in a way that I don't feel like it's unfair. I'm like, well, I did put it on ultra violence, and I am in hell. <laughs> and like, who's to judge what's walls, fair here? Wa walls just drop to reveal monsters, so I don't. <laughs> walls of meat. The 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 uh, the level is called the slough of despair. You know, like <laughs> what's fair? Yeah, yeah, no. for sure. Yeah, it's interesting playing it for uh, for reels. Now that's crazy. I don't know that I'll finish two because two has like nine million levels in it. Two's a lot longer than one. Too long. Two is good. I like two. I like two a lot, but two's long, like it's out like hours and hours long. Uh, which is weird. Episode two, or not episode two, Doom two, uh, map twenty three, barrels of fun. It's probably one of my it's favorite. the shortest level there is, though. Do you remember that level? Yeah. Yeah. Ignite the barrel. Watch the level defeat itself. Yeah. <laughs> For some reason, I really... I just like that always stuck in my, my head. My favorite level is... First example I remember of, like... I don't remember. It's I, I want to say it's level 32. I don't. I know think that's the last level. And then it's not level 32. I'm not much sure I which could one be it is. It's the it's, one that's... Um, I think that's why 32's in your head, maybe. Probably. Whatever level it is where you're like, it's like they did their best to simulate a downtown yeah, 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 yeah. area. Yeah, 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 yeah. With the, si and the it's not at all the like ridiculously downtown. simple Doom 2 engine. Encased or enclosed in a red brick wall that just extends around yeah. an entire longest level. With huge buildings. Like you just get to the end of one of the streets and there's just like rockets are like <laughs> Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> yeah, no, that's great. And you get to see them their uh, attempts at uh, creating buildings. Yeah. And you're like, is this supposed to be an office building? Has it been like morphed? But, but to me I was still to look like hell. I was still like, man, this is this isn't that bad. This kinda looks like a city. Right, no, yeah. And, like, At that has, time you were like, it yeah. has that like terrible background. Not not terrible <laughs> not terrible as in well it is low quality, but not terrible as in it's bad. Terrible as in it's frightening. There's the texture that's just the one window that has like wooden boards on it. And like the boards are all like broken. Oh, I can't think of that for some reason. I'll have to show it to you. But it's like a, it's a window, and it has it's either blinds or it's it's supposed to be like wooden boards, and it, they're all like at canted angles and broken and everything, and like the typical sort of bombed out house. Look. Right. And there are buildings that are just this window repeated. And like oh, there's weird like alleys in that this. level, and I, it's just like this is the most depressing place. I've ever seen. And that. then the skybox is just like, uh, or not skybox, Red. but yeah. <laughs> no, isn't it like a a building, like a skyline on fire? Oh, is it in that level? Yeah, it like I'm pretty be. sure it's it like a skyline that's just burning. It very well could be. <laughs> Entirely surrounding you. That's hilarious. Yeah, that's my favorite level, just because it's. They did they did their absolute best with like one of the most limited engines ever. To make a city. And those are games. That's really funny. That's really funny. I can't believe you never played through Doom. Like properly? Yeah.
Gamescom. Well, we just took that break in Euro. Puh. Yeah. Puh. And uh, some things happened, and we'd like to talk about them. Really, only a bunch of nothings happened, but a few. Uh, relatively interesting things. Actually, actually, know. probably the most interesting things that happened had nothing to do with the show. It just happened to be around the same time. Yeah. <clears throat> One of those being uh, the first foot or first um, look at anything from Tekken X Street Fighter came out, which is the Namco version, as opposed to Capcom Street Fighter X Tekken. Right. And that being uh, there it is reused model. In uh, in that game, there he is. And there was some, I guess, some mumblings. That well, everybody doesn't like, like something. It. It's true. I didn't really read. I saw. I, maybe I didn't even read it. And I just made the assumption. But I guess people aren't really happy with the way it looks. Well, I mean, I only go when I when I gauge opinion of the. Uh, yeah, granted, our view of the uh, internet's opinion is fairly narrow and focused on the gaff. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> or NeoGeo.com, which is more so. Yeah. But, uh, yeah, a lot of people didn't like it. Said that, uh, you know, Ryu looked too mad, I think, was the, the number one thing. You know, instead really? of kind of like the calm, reserved. I mean, Ryu was never calm, but he was at least, I don't know, underneath the, the desire to fight everyone, he was supposedly pretty zen. But um, Everybody in Tekken looks mad. Yeah, you can see that you have to sort <laughs> of accept, right? Yeah. Everybody in Tekken looks fucking furious. Like, they've all just been swindled out of all these Japanese business deals because <laughs> that's pretty much every character's plot in Tekken, if I'm not mistaken. Uh, More or less. So, yeah, he looks pretty upset, but I think he looks pretty good. He looks uh, different enough to me, I guess, is a, uh, a way to put it, which is a good thing. You can't have the same fucking Ryu if you're going to have two games that are this difference. Probably. Oh, yeah, as opposed... Yeah, from, from the uh, SF4 Ryu. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but from regular Ryu, but from uh, the archetype, like the archetypical Ryu, yeah. I don't think he looks that different. It's not that much of a no. I was gonna say actually, step more towards realism. Given maybe. that uh, SF4, what they strove to do and succeeded is basically convert the art that you are intimately familiar with into 3D models that moved and cut all of the same silhouettes you'd expect them to. Sure. Yeah. Uh, and the, the the Namco's version, if anything, uh, is probably the most realistic yeah. take on Ryu that's been done uh, and done well, I guess. Yeah, I take it. That's great. You know, I mean, come on. His eyebrows can't be that crazy. Like, shoot off of his brow <laughs> right. a good couple inches. It's fine. He looks like a t- he looks like a Tekken character wearing Ryu's costume, which I guess is what it would be. So I'm really being. interested to see what they're gonna do with characters like Blanca. Mm-hmm. If they're gonna make him like a beast. Do you know for a fact, uh, or do you know? Have you read anything? Because I haven't anything about. Will the are the rosters gonna be identical? No, I, I think that's all all hearsay at this point. I wonder if they will be. I doubt they will be. I don't think they can be. Why? For certain, well, just because the mechanics aren't going to match up. Yeah, there's uh, like who do you think would not work with a what? Um, I don't know how. Well, see, I, I'm not a fighting game expert, so I couldn't really. It, and if anything, I'm less of a Tekken 
I knew less about Tekken than right, I knew me about too. Street Fighter. Sure, yeah. But I don't Most see. Um, I I could see somebody like uh, Dalson presenting an issue into Tekken mechanics, hmm. just because the rain Tekken is not typically a, a ranged fight. It's not a, a battle of range, mm-hmm. whereas Street Fighter oftentimes can become a battle of range. Uh, so I don't know how he'd fit into it. Tekken's getting a little crazy though. Especially Tekken, with their newer characters. Tekken's grasping at straws because less and less people are probably playing Tekken. Well, te- yeah, Tekken has its fan base, and that's pretty much it. Mm-hmm. It's um, definitely not winning over any new people, I don't think. Right. If anything, it's losing people with each new release. But I guess you could speak for... You could probably take anybody from Street Fighter and go, how would they fit in a Tekken game? Like, is, is, is Ryu going to throw fireballs? I don't know. Yeah, nobody knows. Or is Ryu gonna not? Th- will he throw fireballs, and then will they have to introduce that to other Tekken characters? The weird thing is, it's like I feel like they'll the the, the audience that likes both of those games for what they end up being is going to be really small. You it'll know, be you're it'll going be to me. piss off somebody. I'm gonna love both games. It's gonna be like SVC Chaos versus SNK versus or versus Capcom versus SNK. Like I loved both to of their those cr- games. Yeah. But to their to to the to that effect, uh, those two sides handle roughly identical. Not identical, but they're roughly the same. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You're really like mashing in a totally different style of gameplay. Well, man, it'll be game. a real challenge. But I don't think that they're gonna fuck up the sales of the game. Like, I don't really think that Namco is going to fuck up the chances to make a lot of money on this, so whatever no, they do, they'll no, do something right. pretty impressive. Right. I mean, getting with... There's a lot of fighters coming out. Capcom is, like, undoubtedly mark, uh, milking that aspect of their business. Yeah. But uh, I think there's still some money to be made on them, so... Namco probably recognizes how much of a fucking cash cow it has by yeah. having Well, like, Ryu Street Fighter 4 hits and is a big success and all the, and then... You know, here we are a year and a half later, and we have three versus games. Yeah. On the dog, you know, Marvel and then both the the Tekken and Street Fighter games. Very weird. Although the thing I wanted to note too is they did the um, they had the teaser image for I don't know what it'll be, maybe it'll be worked into the cover, but the the Tekken X Street Fighter image. Yeah. I like that they, uh, you know, in in an effort to somehow make some kind of fiction connection between the two worlds. They did like Jin and Devil Jin, and then they did uh, Ryu and Evil Ryu, mm. sort of like that comparison. I didn't see that image. Yeah, it has like a silhouette of their evil counterparts behind them. Oh, interesting. I thought that was pretty cool that they're. It seems like maybe they'll take that route as like a backbone to cool the fiction. Interesting. Everything. I'm totally, you know, making it up. But yeah, it yeah, yeah. Like it could be. So, there's that. Um. Uh, was a resistance trailer, teaser, commercial, something. Live action short film as seems to be the popular thing to do now if you have a game coming out, make a live action movie for some reason. To promote it. It looks pretty good. The uh I liked the um feeling of it. The like trek across America. Yeah. And like working in the uh effects of the invasion or the war going on or whatever. Yeah. I really like the I really like Resistance too. I don't really like one. Um, I like the vibe that you know. It's it's interesting because Resistance one had a totally different vibe than two. Mm-hmm. Two was like 
half Halo and half like 50s sci-fi movie. Yeah. You know, and I dug that because I really like that both those things. And this one seems more like it's going to be more, uh, a little more like War of the Worldsy, maybe like yeah. desolate. Yeah. And a little, uh, a little more atmospheric, maybe, and a little less set piece. I mean, I'm sure it'll still have set pieces, but I don't think it'll be like Resistance, which was basically fight, 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 giant machine to take down. Fight, yeah. fight, 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 giant machine to take down. Yeah. You know, like nonstop Independence yeah. Day ratcheting up the mm-hmm. action every scene. This looks more like it'll be uh, zoned out, you know, from the trailer. But it also looks like it'll be like Left 4 Dead, which is what we said. Yeah, that is weird. The way that, the, to me, the way that the game is showing its its hand is that it's going to be like a co-op Left 4 Dead type situation because not only do you have like the repeated shots of like various everyday men and women Mm -hmm. uh, on this train but you know you've got them fighting the horde yeah in the dark yeah which is just like I don't know it evokes too much of a a Left 4 Dead feeling to sort of be accidental I think it's the developers saying, "Hey, get ready for some of Left 4 Dead stuff," which yeah. is cool because the PS3 doesn't have a game like that. So yeah, and I like I like uh, well, I like the Left 4 Dead idea. I didn't like the sequel for reasons that I've gone into before, but I like that. I liked the first one a lot, and uh, what I'm hoping to take from this is that Insomniac. Um, seems to be a developer that is particularly interested in communicating to the game communicating to their audience and and listening to their audience and the one the biggest thing that came out of resistance 2 is everyone said man this multiplayer is really good but it's no one's playing it and it's really under totally right no one ever touched it but it's really good and the the balance of all the classes and everything is amazing co-op yeah the co-op and it sounds like what the I mean, it doesn't sound like anything because they haven't said anything, but what I could see them doing is taking that and going, well, let's give it another crack at this because everyone said it was really good. We mm-hmm. just kind of put it in the wrong place and let's totally. make that the game. Yeah, that's exactly what I was going to say. Exactly yeah. what I was going to say. And maybe it might Way more be, sense. Hopefully it's not like Left 4 Dead in that you're fighting hordes like that because I kind of like Resistance is one and two. Two kind of did the whole ratchet up, you know, fight bigger enemies and more mm-hmm. thing. But it, it's still more of a... Uh, <clears throat> one-on-one, or at least smaller groups sure, yeah. of enemies. It's not Left 4 Dead where you're fighting 10, 20, 30 yeah. enemies at once. Uh, and if they kind of do that, like, <clears throat> dusty American back road settings, mm-hmm. and that's going on, I can get behind that Yeah, 100%. That sounds really It'd cool. It'd be a really interesting take on it. Like you said, War of the Worlds, the whole, like, if you see this gigantic... Who knows what? Stay away from like, it, maybe. Across this gigantic field. Yeah. Yeah. And you don't run at it to assault it. You have to get around it. Yeah. And leave it alone. That could be pretty cool. So there's that. Um, the uh, this this game. I don't know if it, I'm pretty sure it was shown at Gamescom. I'm guessing because there were some pictures of like uh, Warhammer 40k Marines walking around doing whatever it is they were doing. But uh, Space Marine is, uh, I think it's the first time it's been shown anywhere. Because it's been announced for a while. Mm-hmm. But um, I wasn't really interested in this game until someone on a podcast somewhere that I can't remember dropped the uh, 
the knowledge bomb that it's it's run it's running on a if not modified the code is heavily borrowed from the Darksiders engine. Yeah. And I didn't know it was a THQ game, so that makes sense. Mm. Uh and that got me really interested in a Darksiders that with like <clears throat> the Warhammer Space Marine thing cuz I've right. never played that game. Right. But I like me I've always liked the aesthetic of that universe in a weird way. Me too. That just like ridiculously exaggerated. Although I don't like the orcs. No, it's a, they're kind of like the bumbling, yeah, buffoon idea. But in one of the interviews from the the developer Relic, um, they were saying that they're trying not to have the orcs just be like comic relief. That's good, and not just be like stupid, goofy. Uh, you know, spelling everything with Z's and spelling everything incorrectly, right? Kind of thing. But the fact that it's based on the Darksiders engine and it has that like exaggerated future war with like guns and like chainsaw swords and like ridiculous ideas. Sounds I'm intrigued. I want to like that game. I hope it's hope Have it you yet to see well. any gameplay of it or any video of it or anything? I've only heard people talk about it, so I have no like concept of what the game actually is like. So uh, I can say it's actually it's probably a lot like Darksiders. If he, if the if the gunplay was more prevalent in Darksiders as opposed to just the pistol he has that War has and there's no cover mechanic in the game because the idea is that Space Marines don't take cover they don't have to they just water into the battlefield and just destroy everything pretty refreshing yeah so the idea is like you'll just walk you just like wade into like this war zone with a giant gun (laughs) until you get within range of an enemy and then you switch to melee and the idea that they're trying to go for is you can switch between the two fairly easily it's not like you do one or the other Huh? you just like switch them up interesting kind of thing yeah yeah pretty intrigued by that game yeah that could be way interesting so and I like Dark I love Darksiders I'll have to look at something to death Oh, that was it. I think that was yeah. it. Yeah. Yeah. That game looks good. Yeah. It's looking better. For the record, I've never said the game looked bad. <laughs> Visually, it's never looked bad. No. I don't it think just it doesn't bad. look But it's like everybody... I just really wish it wasn't a, calling it Castlevania. Because I like the direction that Castlevania has been going. Apparently, I'm in the minority, though. Well, you know, it's like... Uh, a franchise can go two different directions, like look at Metroid. Sure. But I have Metroid a went Prime and Fusion. I have a feeling if this takes off, this is where it'll just be. Yeah. Um, 
And if it's good, so be it. I mean, if it's amazing, then I won't have a problem with it, I guess, as long as it plays well. It I just isn't very much of a Castlevania game. It's just more of like a mythological creature. Well, I mean, you say that now, but you didn't think Metroid Prime was going to be a Metroid game. I couldn't even tell you what I thought about that game before it came out. I did not think it was going to be a Metroid game, I'll tell you that much. I, I scoffed at it like everyone I guess else. I, didn't, I know I didn't think that it was going to be... It wasn't going to hit all of the salient like bullet points of, like, this is what a Metroid game should be made of. But it did. I but mean, it did. If you ask me. Uh, yeah. So I didn't think that. But who knows? It could be. If it plays well, it plays well. And I think that'll be the bigger thing. Even if that game didn't look as good as it did. It looks good. It played good. well. Yeah. It would still be pretty solid. It is so beautifully detailed, man. In fact, to a degree that I would argue has not been matched since... Metroid Prime for its respective hardware. So Fable 3 is a game that we're both pretty intrigued to play. And what they were showing at Gamescom was uh, probably all of the be probably the best stuff they could show, which is the combat. I don't know where people are with Fable 2 in terms of when they come to the end of that game. I don't know what people walk away from saying, man, I really like this thing the best about that game. You know? Oh, you I have no idea the popular that? opinion. Because most people... Well, the popular the popular opinion is that people like that game, but they well, never yeah. list any one specific thing. Right. It's like, that's just a great game with, you know, great RPG, yeah. with a good sense of humor, which is the one thing that I think the game lacked in the most, or just didn't appeal to me, I should say. Right. Uh, so I don't know if people walked away from Fable 2 going, man, that's the best stuff out of that game. I know that the menu systems weren't that well. Let's just well assume it's combat, and people are intelligent. I'd hope so. In that case, it looks as if the sequel ha heard those remarks. Yeah, and has uh, the developers have pretty much <laughs> decided to spend a lot more time focused on the combat, which looks even more fun and fluid and better animated and more intense and just better in pretty much every way. Yeah. From what they showed. Yeah. So sweet. The the best part of the game just got better. As it's aside from uh, trying a new version of a menu, which seems like it could be just as laborious in a totally different way. Right. Than than Fable Two, but um, they seem to be addressing a lot of the problems that at least I know that I had with Fable Two was there was a lot of dumb backtracking and the quest logging was really obtuse and weird and not very helpful and. You couldn't remember what you needed for what quest and when and why and where you had to go to drop certain things off sometimes. And it seems like this new 3D map thing they have uh, <clears throat> solves a lot of those problems. Yeah, the presentation looks ridiculous. And then everything that is obviously different about this game seems to have been done in interest of improving the combat. Right. Or some kind of secondary... I don't know, some kind of secondary thing that serves the combat. Like, the locations seem a lot more varied. Mm -hmm. The locations themselves seem to be, and are reported to be, much bigger than before. Yeah. It's not quite, uh, didn't seem to be quite as, some of the sections in Fable 2 were pretty on rails. Like, you couldn't really go anywhere. Yeah, it's no. like path, and then grass, and then fence. It and was it, like the illusion of, of space to explore. But, yeah, yeah. yeah. But uh, this one looks much more expansive. Yeah, and when, but when the combat's that enjoyable, you want to have like as much space to do it in and like mess around with things and all. This yeah. Stuff, you know, 
and the spells were pretty cool and now they've added a whole like spell mixing thing that sounds pretty interesting like you know just figuring out like what your favorite thing is to use or whatever for sure so they didn't talk about the dog that much but I'm interested to know what else the dog like what's new with the dog me too because I guarantee they added a lot more to his I guess functionality I'm sure he does more he has to Something has to be. He was such a critical part of the second game. I'm sure they must have focused more on him in the same way they did the combat. Yeah. That, uh. They haven't talked about it at all. Right. For the longest time, we weren't even sure the dog was in the game. Exactly, yeah. Which is very strange. It is very strange. I hope they just haven't been, like, a. That's a given now. And didn't, like, do anything with it, you know? Oh, that'd be. Yeah, I could see that, though, but yeah. So. That game's looking pretty good. Shaping up pretty good. I wonder if they'll, uh. Do you think it'll actually ever have Kinect stuff in it? Thinking at this point it's not going to. I agree. I would agree with that. There was a time when I was sure that it was going to. In Which fact, is kind I of think... a shame, but I bet you at this point, if anything, it'd just be something that was like tacked on and stupid. Hey man, I'm not getting Kinect, so... <clears throat> no. No. <clears throat> not Especially not after I heard all the recent mumblings about how large of a space you actually need for it to register well. You don't have 13 feet in your living room? Ridiculous. That's ridiculous. It is Everybody pretty ridiculous. The hubris to assume that they... that Microsoft has, like, the that, that, ability that, to, sh- like, reshape the American living room. This is another one of those things where... <clears throat> well, I don't, I don't know how to phrase that, but it's just an amazing pairing of a person and an idea that you didn't think would really happen. But apparently... uh, Yeah, this is a good one. Apparently, uh, Grasshopper Manufacturer will be putting out a game developed by a company named Digital Reality under the uh, supervision or production... I don't know what he's going to do, really, but he'll have a hand in it, which is enough. Uh, Suda51 is going to be helming a uh, horizontal space shooter to be released on... Uh, I don't know if they said it was going to be an XBLA PSN or if it was going to be a full game. Or if that's even been discussed. I don't remember. XBLA. Seems like it would be. PSN, I um, said. But <clears throat> it, it's almost like they basically combed the internet and said, what are the exact combination of words and games we can put out there <laughs> to generate as much possible interest in this game? Hopefully and, it, like... Uh, they kind of did it. Hopefully it makes all those, like, game auteurs, like... Uh... Mikami and Hideki Kamiya, like, hopefully it turns them all into developers who are desiring to put out their version of a shmup. Yeah, like they get, yeah, like on their, you know what I mean? They can say that was my, that's my shmup. I mean, that I made or whatever. Because shmup's role (laughs) in in development uh, or in the games industry is so small now, it almost seems like anyone can make one. Um, I know that's a really presumptuous thing to say, and I don't necessarily agree with it, but it at least feels that way. So, I mean, maybe these developers are going to take one on now that they saw, now that they've seen Suda do it. And I think that's only good because I'd really like to see a lot of developers, specifically Mikami and Kamiya, I'd really like to see what they would do with the genre. Uh, I really think if Hideki Kamiya made a game, it would be fucking ridiculous, and it was a shmup. Yeah. I mean, yeah. the April Fools or whatever it was with Bayonetta redone as a shmup was was kind of clever and funny. I don't think his shmup would look anything like that, 
but regardless, a shmup from the man who made Bayonetta is going to be ridiculous. Yeah. I, I, honestly, my brain can't even conceptualize what that would look like. Well, what they've what they've mentioned so far is they have a piece of concept art with the the game's logo, which is uh, I don't know, we're guessing it's Sinemora, Sinemora, Sinemora. Right. I mean, you could you could tack on all kinds of pronunciations to that thing. Um, I mean, there's a a Google result will tell you that there's supposedly there's a, a Latin or Greek phrase that's uh, Sinemora or Sinemora that means uh, without delay. Who knows if that's true? I don't know. It's on the internet. Take that with a grain of salt. Sounds interesting enough. Sounds interesting First enough. First map. It seems uh, like it would make and, sense. Uh, the, uh, the the few details they've released on it is that it will be a uh, <clears throat> horizontal space shooter more in the vein of an R-Type or an Einhander, which is and what they're getting at with that is it's um, a puzzler kind of thing, like a positional a positional thing where you have to know where you need to be and you have to like wedge your ship into like really weird crevices and be Maybe, yeah. cognizant of how to navigate uh, instead of just sort of hovering and, and letting the level scroll left to right. You have to be a little more skilled yeah. with the uh, you know the maneuvers of your ship and everything like that, which is totally fine by me. Because those games are rarely being made anymore, so yeah, I totally agree right. with that. Yeah. Um, and that uh, the developers are supposedly, according to their post on a forum, um, really good or really big shmup fans. So they say that they hope to make a game that is, I guess, worthy of the shmup lineage and that it's uh, as complex and deep and simultaneously welcoming to anyone who's new to the genre. I've, I've yet to see anyone achieve that very lofty goal. Yeah. Of making a shmup that is both incredibly deep <clears throat> and simultaneously welcoming, but um good luck. Yeah. For sure. Make a great game. And and most importantly, make your game avatar for the achievements relatively cool. Yeah. And you'll have a, a day one sale from me well, and my obsessive it, compulsive I mean, it's, self. It's Suda, so I mean if you're gonna pick someone to do something stylish, it would be Yeah a handful of people and he'd be one of them yeah yeah most definitely so if anything it'll more than likely have some sort of interesting graphical style applied to it so I'm really down for that game that's like the biggest news it's funny he joked that this is the biggest news coming out of Gamescom and yeah he's right the next Bioshock which (laughs) yeah which you seem to be... It was a little surprising to me that you seem so excited for this game. Man, if you would have told me that uh, a Bioshock sequel was coming out without showing me anything about it or showing me the new trailer or telling me, you know, even giving me a hint as to what it, it contained. Right. Uh, I would be so disinterested. Yeah. So maybe that's why. But um, conceptually what they've shown in this game looks so interesting to me that I can't just discredit it by name alone. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Which is what I'm sure the exact opposite they feel everyone should be doing with the Bioshock name. Yeah. I mean, obviously they attached the name because they wanted more sales, but for people like me and you, I think the name Bioshock only hurts a concept at this point. Yeah. Um, which is kind of sad, but... Uh, Thankfully, this game looks different enough that uh, I, I'm not going to carry any 
I'm not going to carry into it any reservations or assumptions or anything really about its gameplay. It looks no. like its own beast, and that's pretty much what Ken Levine and his very uh, erratic-eyed, psychotic-looking <laughs> interviews <laughs> seem to sort of be trying to get across to the to the uh, developers, or I'm sorry, to the interviewers who were <laughs> very confused as to why this game was called Bioshock, it seems. Yeah. People are strange. I don't, yeah, it's... That's for sure. This is the Bioshock sequel. For real, this yeah. is the real one. Which and is a, a good lot, way. A lot of, of people it. have made the joke of like, Bioshock Two is Call of Duty Three. Yeah. You know, like, uh huh. Like it's the off version. Yeah. Which may not be totally. No, that's actually inaccurate. very apt, and I've never heard <laughs> that before. But that's really apt, yeah. Um. No offense to Treyarch, Black Ops looks pretty solid, but it's that sort of yeah. pattern is like, huh. Like the real guys get the Bioshock thing again. Right. Um, but the game, even from what they showed in the trailer, and you, you showed me or told me about a couple of things, uh, just some of the concepts right from the trailer in terms of, like, uh, the year that the uh, the World's Fair statue is from and the right. fact that it wasn't called the World's Fair. Right. And the name of the city and the concept of what Columbia is and the, right. the importance of that name throughout history and... <clears throat> the fact that the game is uh, basically about a man who represents, uh, as far as this is what I took from me, so he's a he's a former Pinkerton agent, um, or he is in the game. I don't remember if he is former or he still is. Must be former because I think they disbanded by 1912. Um, the way it sounds like is that Columbia is basically home for the most like jingoistic of, of Americans mm -hmm. imaginable. And this guy comes into the scenario representing an America who's trying to embrace the melting pot scenario of immigration and all this stuff. So by default, they hate everything that this guy represents. Really? You think that's... I, I, I did not read anything about the game. I don't know. The guy you play... This uh, is kind Booker, of where it's Your going? character, Booker DeWitt, is a former Pinkerton agent. Okay. Um, and as you... I mean, from the trailer, you can tell that like Columbia is like America the city. Sure. But from what Ken Levine has said and from what I guess some people can infer from some of the, the poster, the art on the buildings in the trailer and everything, right. um, they kind of tiptoed around it, but more or less it's probably entirely white people. Mm. Racist whites who are more about the like super patriotic America and not accepting of immigrants and not accepting of like integration and all this kind of stuff. And so do you think your character is black and you won't find out until the end of the game? I don't know, because the character in the trailer is not black. His oh. hands are white, but I mean, Interesting. it could be. I don't know. Um, no, I don't know if racism is going to play out. I, I, I read that into it, but it's sort sure. of like when you tell somebody, you know, who would be the... If you said, in 1912, someone who is all about the ideal of, like, in the empire of America... Right. ...would not be tolerant of other races and would be, you know, more about this... Uh, like neoconservatives. Yeah. Sure. <laughs> yeah. So the way I mean, I honestly, I mean, if you... If that's what you're reading into it, then I mean, I don't see that, that the the uh, analogy for neoconservatism is even that far off, considering sure. he's a pretty political guy. So the plot is... The, the, the basic plot that they revealed is the girl in the trailer, you're sent to retrieve her from this city. They don't, And then they don't tell you why, but... Just that you're sent there, and that people will attack you 
on site in the game, but it's not necessarily like Splicers where everyone's just out to get you. There will be sections where you'll go through and interact with uh, citizens of this town who who just talk to you and right. don't try to kill you. So it seems like it could just be like a thing where you represent the opposite of what their ideals are kind of mm. thing and, and people are sent to stop you or whatever. I don't know. It's been very, very little information. But from what's out there, it sounds pretty interesting. Hmm. And definitely more of a... More of what a, a Bioshock sequel should have been rather than a yeah. literal continuation of events. And I mean, like you said, if you want to go look at some interesting things, you know, look up uh, 1893 World's Fair and uh, Columbia's importance to that World Fair in particular. Yeah. Which is uh, an interesting association to draw on. And uh, that and game seems very promising. And the fact that, uh, like you said, a uh, erratic, wild-eyed Ken Levine... <laughs> <clears throat> who seems very frustrated with having to explain himself to uh, dimwits. <laughs> right. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> there you go. He's helming the project. Like you said, do I like Ken Levine? I don't like his personality, but I'm glad that someone like him is making games. I'm sure if I ever met him, I would just be like, man, what a jackass. Possibly. But Thanks for the games, jackass. You, yeah, but yeah, you made, yeah, thanks for all your games. They're really great so far. Yeah. So yeah, that's definitely. that's it for uh, news and games. Is there anything else? No, all games end now. All games end now. <laughs> yeah. That's it. I was thinking about putting something in here about uh, if you found one of the cards. Thanks for listening. You, but I don't think, you think so? Good. Why not? I don't know. You don't have to. I don't know. Oh, and if you found one of the cards that packs, uh, thanks for checking us out. Thanks for listening. And no, you didn't win anything. I'm sorry. <laughs> Goodbye. That's really funny. I thought about doing that. To find out more about Podcast 1980X, please visit www.podcast1980x.com. Thanks for listening. <laughs>